Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm your host, Anka Corbin, the founder and CEO of Globig. Today, we'll be talking to a founder of an innovative company in Berlin, Germany. This multiple company founder has experience growing his own business around the world and also helping many other companies expand internationally, too. Our guest today is Sven Hecker, the founder and CEO of Clevermail, located in Berlin, Germany. Sven, I'd like to give you a warm welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So this is a really exciting podcast for me because as a founder myself, I love hearing founder stories. Um, there, it's always so interesting to figure out, like, how did you come up with the company that you have? And well, you know, first of all, why don't you share with us what Clever Mail is, and then how did you come up? You know, what was kind of your journey to to launching this uh, really interesting company? Okay, so I have to go back a little bit in time. So about four years ago, me and a friend we started our first company in Germany actually when we were still studying and the idea of this company was to produce and sell really individualized products. So that was more like, like a hobby. So when you study, you want to make a little bit money on the side. Um, but the thing is that we were quite successful in, in reaching to customers, uh, but still it was a niche market. So after the first uh, years, we just said, okay, the German market is not big enough and the product could be could be used for pretty much any country in Europe or even worldwide. So we said, okay, how do we internationalize? And so um, after we didn't succeed in finding partners for selling in different countries, we said, okay, we do it on our own. So we'll use some, um, we'll use virtual offices in different countries and and um, 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 order telephone numbers uh, that will go through directly to Berlin. And that will be put through. So um, we use these virtual offices in, in the UK, in France, in Italy, and in other countries in the EU. And we were quite success successful. The only problem that we had, uh, that we experienced, was that we were using different suppliers for these virtual offices and that the service was quite bad. So taking a long story very short, um, after 12 years, we decided to open our own virtual office provider and make it the first digital virtual office provider because most of the companies on the market are not the digital at all and there's many services that can be digitized so we started clever mail which is the company name for this virtual office provider two and a half years ago and today we've got almost 30 locations worldwide which can be used as a virtual office from different customers so in the end, what we did is we solved our own problem and find a very interesting market. And it's not a niche market like the other companies. So it's a huge market we're tapping in. That's really great. What a great story. What did you find most surprising about when you were expanding international? You had said that you had some great success going into some of those other countries. Were they all equally easy to do things in or did you have you know some challenges what were the things that you thought were most interesting around that i think most surprising for us was that that it just was possible i mean we were a startup we didn't have much money everything was bootstrapped right now you, you always learn and 
read about these uh, small startups that get funded with millions of dollars. So that was not our case. We were a small company. We had to, um, every dollar that has been spent has been, um, we had to think about how to do it like twice or thrice. So for us, it was very amazing to see that there is a world out there, that there is companies that actually support you, even though you're small companies, um, that it was possible for us as a small company to actually internationalize and tap into new markets. And I would say that the most surprising and, and the most beneficial for us was that even though being a small, small company, we were able to serve many markets. And, and that is, I think, the message also for other startups that they should think about internalization and think about how they can um, open themselves to, to different markets. So was, tell us a little bit about the product that you were talking about. I will go into Clever Mail in a little bit as well, but I'm curious, was it e-commerce? Was it, you know, how did you actually gain customers in those markets? Um, the product that we are selling is commemorative coins, which is individualized coins. So if you or your company would like to have coins made out of, I don't know, um, um, bronze or silver or gold or even gold, um, you can order them with us. So um, we pre pretty much did a lot of Google advertisement. Uh, we got the leads. Uh, the people went to our um, websites. And when, for example, the, um, the army from United Kingdom wants to order coins for themselves, they would probably not often order from a German company. So on the website, you will find a virtual office address, you'll find the UK phone number. It, everything seems to be UK. And even if these people call us, they will get a, a native speaker on the phone, on the London telephone number, who will um, serve them and, and, and do good consulting. So um, getting customers is mainly by, uh, by Google AdWords or uh, online uh, advertisement. And then for the people finding websites that, that are local and that are ready-made for each, each country. Mm, that's great. Now, you had to become masters, I would imagine, at SEO and Google AdWords and really internationalizing each of your websites. Is that pretty much where you put most of your focus? Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, we had to learn a lot. And 12 years ago, it was different times with Google. Today, Google is, I would say, a little bit more difficult for people to start. It will be, there's so many tools, so many different things that you can do with Google. In former times, it was more like uh, get some keywords up, get the websites up and will work. So today, even though the competition is getting uh, harder, um, yeah, you have to be an expert in that, in that field. Right, I think that's, but it, but it is probably the most likely way for a company to expand abroad is through either selling in an, one of the marketplaces like an Amazon or doing, and probably both, doing a really good job with their kind of local website, if you will, like a UK website or an Italian website or a German website or that sort of thing. What about distribution and, and any logistics? Did you just ship out of um, Berlin at that time or did you also have a way of um, shipping locally? Um, it's not necessary actually. So when you have the deal, when you have got the trust of the customer uh, and then you tell them that you're a, a Germany-based company and that everything is coming from Germany and so on, that actually is a positive impact. Um, so when the logistic comes from Germany, 
it is no problem in the end. But to, to gain the customer trust in the beginning, we need to be local and act like a local company. And that, that has been the success for one of the success factors definitely for, for our first company. I think that's a really good point in that a lot of people don't realize that that local piece is really critical. And, and so that kind of does lead us into, you know, how do you do that? And, and what are some of the resources that you found most helpful to actually being a local in the different countries? Um, I mean, when we talk about clever men now, like getting all the information that are being needed to be local, um, then it is definitely still the digital um, digital sources like Google you will find. And that's, that's also one of the good things. You will find all the information that you need online. And second is we work with partners in different countries. And of course, these partners are a big value to us because we, we, work, we work with partners who are already in the area of virtual offices or co-working spaces. And of course, these people have a lot of know-how, which we in Berlin, we centralize. We have this know-how now for, for many markets. And that is also um, one of the factors that is, um, is critical because uh, we've got a lot of customers that actually would take what it would take a lot of uh, efforts for them to gain this information that we have and we can just give it to the, all, the, all the customers in one go so you're actually a great resources for them resource for them as well let's do talk about clever mail because i think it's very clever right <laughs> i think it's a really great idea and a great company what are some of the most common reasons you find why companies actually need a virtual office um, that is actually funny because we, of course, when we've started the company, we we're thinking, okay, who will need us and who will use us? And we can say that we have found so many different reasons why people use us. And um, you can divide them mainly into the private area and, and the business area. There's a lot of private people um, using us. For example, if you want to travel for six or eight months of, uh, and, and, and you're not home and you cannot reach to your mail, these people just use our addresses. Um, the mail is being scanned, the mail is being digitized, and wherever you are, you can check your mail, reply to the mail, and, and um, take actions. Uh, but the second and also very interesting part is if you, if you take a look at third world countries, for example, in India, and you're living somewhere out of nowhere, there is no um, eco-structure or infrastructure for postal mail. So for these people, it's even easier to receive mail and to digitize their post because it is sometimes not even possible because there's not even a street name for them to, to, to mention to the FedEx and say, um, this is where we live. And third, for the private people, it might be security reasons. Sometimes it's even better to give a virtual office address to, let's say, on a website or so that people you don't want to meet, they don't come to your home. <laughs> right. so, um, so that's the private area. And of course, the business area, people who use us is mainly the, the, the startups, the freelancers, people who are also somewhere in between and don't have an address in, uh, in, in central places. So of course, uh, a, a prestigious address, for example, in Berlin or New York, Madison Avenue, um, they just build trust for their customers. And um, that is why people use us, so um, small, um, small companies. If you already are a startup, and that's the, probably the same story that we had for our company, you just 
an address in another country. You need it for your website, you need it for your imprint, you need it to receive postal mail. Um, so it is the easiest way for startups to test markets and the easiest way to internationalize into different markets. And that is quite inexpensive. So you can use the virtual address. Our contracts just uh, work for one month. So you can really use it to really shortly test the market. And if you see, okay, you fail, you just cancel it. And if it's successful, you can just move forward. How does the, the, you know, I mean, it's so, so one is you're saying that a company really needs to have this if you're doing business in a country because they, re, governments require that, right? They require a physical address and they require a phone number and this is a way to do all of that together. What are all the services that you do provide? So right now we offer um, the, the mail management uh, and the forwarding of mail at each of our locations. Some location, and that depends on the partner that we're working with, is offering uh, shared office solutions. So you're able to rent a desk or you're able to uh, rent a meeting room for a period of time. And what is going to be go live within the next one or two months will be a telephone number. So you will be able to um, rent a voice over IP number for each location and then uh, reroute it to your mobile phone or any other landline number. And we've got more products coming, but I cannot talk about this anymore. But uh, yeah, this, we've got a lot of uh, products in, in, in planning. And as you can imagine, if you are, if, if you want to internationalize, the things that you need is all the address. You need the telephone number. You will need some kind of translation services. You will need uh, somebody who will find uh, found a company for you. So cooperation service. If you have a company, of course, you will need something like bookkeeping. Uh, so, so when you just think of it, what is being needed, then you probably have a good idea uh, where our path is. When, when someone gets a virtual office, does that require them to have a, a business in that country? No. As I said, you can use it as a private person and just say, okay, I'm a private person. If you have a Business, I mean, you can always just have a postal mail address. So, for example, we, with our first company, we, we never opened uh, a company until we reached a certain level of turnover. So, of course, you have to be, you have to be um, everything has to be correct and everything has to be legal. So, you will state that your company is based officially in Berlin, but you have a postal mail address in, for example, in Italy. And um, so, no. Answer is no, you don't have to, but you can. It's, it depends on the country, it depends on the regulation of each country. You can even register your company at this specific location, but you will have to check with your lawyer which location um, offers what. You know, one of the things you said earlier, and I thought that was really interesting, is, is that you have addresses in fairly premier locations, right? So what are some of those areas that you have offices in? So that people could say, wow, I really would love an address that is prestigious like that. Okay. So, I mean, you can easily go on travelmail.com and take a look at locations. <laughs> but we have locations in New York, which is also, of course, as you can imagine, one of our most uh, best addresses. Uh, a lot of people want to have an address in New York. Then we've got London, we've got Chicago, we've got Mountain View for all the startups looking for the digitized area. Uh, we have four locations in Germany, it's Hamburg, Berlin, Frankfurt and Munich. 
Uh, we have Madrid coming next month. We've got Hong Kong, Shanghai, Singapore. Uh, we've got in Turkey, Istanbul. So the, the, this goes on. So mainly our, our idea is always to go for the um, to go for the capital of each country. And if it's not the capital, then for example, like in Italy, we've got Milano. Um, then we go for the hub that is most interesting for business to be. What are the most popular? You said New York was really popular, but are there like top three? So I would say it's it, right now it's New York, uh, it's London. And right now it's of course Berlin, but we started in Berlin. And of course, we as Germans are pretty good at marketing ourselves here in Germany. Um, we added the Asian uh, countries like three, four months ago. And I would say that Hong Kong and Singapore would be one of the top players or top locations in 2017 for us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Those are certainly areas that we aspire to having a business in as well. So tell us a little bit about some of the legal requirements. You had mentioned that you know you have to have a, a, a registered address, but are there other specific requirements in different countries that require you to have an address there? Yeah, and that's something I have to be careful about what I say now because then somebody will say you said that. So first of all, the legal requirements are different from country to country. Sometimes the EU makes it more easy within the EU area, but it is definitely different from country to country. And I would have to say that the people can call us and we give information out, but in the end, it's, it's, it's a legal consultation and you have to talk to the legal consultant about these issues. So um, what we do is we, we, of course, check what is the requirement for having virtual offices and for offering virtual offices in every country. And that is also different. Um, Are some countries more stringent than others? Do you find that, you know, which countries do you find are, are probably most uh, challenging in that respect or have the most regulations, if you will? Yeah. So first of all, I would say that um, our verification process, our internal verification process is quite hard because, of course, we want, don't want the shady business or the illegal business in our customer database. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we tell or we, we have to verify each user or each person uh, with two different IDs and so on. So we already are pretty strict. Adding to that, for example, India is a country, and that was interesting for us to see, they require um, a verification of the private address. So you have to send a utility bill or anything to prove that the address that you are given on your ID is really your address that you're using. Another country which is right now a little pain in the ass is, sorry for that, <laughs> is Russia, we have a new location in Moscow, and there's not the problem about people getting on board, but when you ship any packages to Russia, it's either problematic to get the packages in because they're held back by customs, or even getting the packages out because you have to be personally in the store, personally with our partner to send the packages out because they want to know who sent what package, and that is right now becoming really problematic. But we'll solve. That's interesting. So in a way, are you then having to be somewhat of a representative to get those packages in and out? We are looking at different solutions right now. Maybe there is a solution using um, special areas, which is like in Hong Kong and China, 
So there might be a special area, for example, in St. Petersburg, which does have different regulations within Russia. So that is one area to go for. Second is to ship from Russia to a country which is safe and from the safe harbor to another country. So we'll try some kind of work around here because direct the, the, the transit from Russia directly to, let's say, to, to Germany might be a little bit more problematic. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Very interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about your own personal story. So with Clever Mail now, what Obviously, you're opening or you're launching some new products, but what's what is your big vision? What do you what are the kind of big 2017 goals that you are allowed to share with us? Okay, so so the, the big vision of our company is, of course, we want to be the one and only platform where you can go and find any product digitally that you need to be to 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 international uh, to internationalize. So that's probably the, the great vision and, and the vision for 2017, um, which we haven't <laughs> um, finally discussed, but it's going to be more locations, of course, because more locations is better for our customers. A lot of customers use more than one location, and we have got a long list of locations that haven't been added to our system. For example, Switzerland, a lot of customers want to have an address in Switzerland, and that might be a reason of, of text optimization or something, whatever the people want to do. So um, we've got a long list of, of new locations that will come up, um, and we've got a long list of new products because the customers are asking for telephone numbers, the people are asking for, um, I don't know, the um, concierge service, telephone service, um, telephone answering service. Um, we do have interesting talks with potential partners in the area of banking. So it might be, it might be possible that in 2017 we'll be able to offer uh, a European bank account for our customers, also digital. So we've got really interesting products to come. That's wonderful. You know, that's actually one of the most challenging parts of expanding for many companies, especially going into London and areas like that, where it can take them six months to 12 months to be able to set up uh, their banks and even get a credit card and be able to pay vendors. And, you know, that it's just a really big frustration that they're not really sure what to do with. So. And, 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 and there's a lot of traveling going on because it's, it's the know your customer rule. Banking or banks want to see you in person. So if you're in India and you just need, like we do, you just need an easy bank account where people can pay to and where you just transfer the money from, from the UK to India, for example, and you don't need all the other services that the bank provide, you would have to travel right now to the UK so that they see that you one time in person and say, okay, that is the person and then you get the bank account and we did this and we had to travel even two times to the uk because in the first time they couldn't work with a german company they didn't know what to do and so they sent us back and said you need more forms to fill out you need different forms please come back in three weeks so we traveled again so for for us from germany to, to the uk is, is all right it's reasonable but for somebody coming from far away it's of course it's it's a really big problem and, and we hope and I think also the banking industry is, is changing and we hope to be part of that and, and to push it to, to become more digital, to, to, to give an easy bank account to our customers. Mm, I think that's really, really great. You know, when I look at internationalization, it seems like the first wave was really 
the ability to do e-commerce and the kind of more digital products, if you would. Now what companies such as yours are doing are taking what were typically physical and more brick and mortar challenges and digitizing them, really disrupting how they're done. So this is, seems like the next wave between officing and calls and banking, if you will, right? Those those seem to be areas and, you know, maybe visas or, you know, there's probably some others too that I could think of that you could truly disrupt and make going international so much easier for companies. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the, the world is changing. If you take a look at WeWork, for example, they've been, I don't know, the value right now for the company is more than 20 billion, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they, in the end, they just offer, and just in, in brackets, is uh, offer office space for people who don't want to work in a normal uh, working atmosphere. They just need the table, they have got their laptop, and they can work, they can build apps, they can build digital products. So this company is expanding amazingly. And I think that is uh, one of the companies that we look up the most because it, it's in the same area. It is just disrupting the brick and mortar office um, the office industry. And I am sure that we are on the right track uh, with this idea of clever mail. And that there is, and that's the feedback that we get that a lot of companies say, wow, finally you are here. Um, um, it, it, you're offering good service. I think the service is really exciting and and absolutely a very welcome addition to the startup toolkit, if you will. Um, I think it's one of the more important ones, especially if you have a physical product. But even if you're a software and you want to expand into different countries, this is a much easier way to do it. From your perspective as a founder, what have you found other other tools other than Clevermail? What have you... What do you use day in and day out? What are all the other things that you really love? Um, I'm an absolutely big fan of CRM. <laughs> we use uh, the Zoho CRM system, which is a pretty good copycat of the very known Salesforce. But it's, again, we used it uh, because they had a big free account uh, 12 years ago when we started our first company. And as a startup, as I said, you don't have money, so you're looking for a cheap and, and, and good version. So. Um, I'm a big fan of CRM. Uh, everything that we do, everything that is being done in our office is being put to the system. So everybody knows what the other person is doing. And uh, all the information is not on some kind of notes uh, on the table. It has to be in, in, in the CRM. I think that's uh, one of the best programs that we use. And besides that... <laughs> well, for Globic, we use Slack. Do you use Slack a lot? Or do you use that at all? No, we, we actually have a lot of contact with Skype. So we, okay. we use the Microsoft world. We are a little bit of a Microsoft company. So we use the Microsoft products. I don't know if this is in, not innovative. <laughs> no, it's, I think they're great products as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think we, I think we've got one big book and this is only for the designer in our company. Yeah. <laughs> we we actually have a Mac we have more of a Mac shop but we have got a mix here too but it's fun to it's always fun to hear what companies um, kind of live and breathe using and all their favorite tools so what other tips and advice would you have for companies expanding um, things that you've learned things you would recommend things you wouldn't recommend any other thoughts that you want to share with our listeners 
So I would say whenever you want to internationalize, be sure what you're doing. Uh, you have to have, you, you really have to, it's, it's not a step that you would just take because you don't have anything other to do. So I think you have to have a real commitment saying, okay, I want to internationalize because it is going to be a big step. Second is please think about your resources that you have when you're a startup. Uh, again, you, you, money is not is a big problem. And so plan your steps well, uh, plan what you're going to do. Have an exit strategy. If it doesn't work, um, make the exit <laughs> and, and, and don't uh, push too much money into it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, yeah. And, and, and last thing, find people who know, actually know it. Uh, find people who can support you. Find people who, who have done it. So get to know a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, people who can help you on your way to internationalize, and 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 then go for it. I would say that for us, going international was the, the best thing we could ever do. Um, the, the the growth comes from the new markets, and and let's say our German market is for our coin business that we have. It's 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 static, but the, the new markets are growing. So for me, it's not a question about should you internationalize. For me, it's a question definitely go for it, but you have to have the right time and, and the right time for your company because it will make things a little bit more complicated. It will have a lot of questions that arise that you haven't had in the beginning. It will, uh, you will lose a little bit of money uh, as there always is. Uh, you will make mistakes. So, um, but definitely go for it. Uh, use websites like Google. <laughs> find the right information, find the right partners, and then you should be able to, to be even more successful than before. Absolutely great advice. Um, so if someone wants to get a hold of you, wants to learn more about Clever Mail, or even just, you know, reach out and connect with you around the world, what's the best way for them to do that? Of course, you'll find all the information on our website. It's clevermail.com. And if somebody listens to that and wants to contact us direct, we have a direct email address, which is partner at clevermail.com. Clevermail with double E. <laughs> and, and he would directly reach me or um, one of our um, employees, and he will get definitely direct feedback. And we are looking to, um, to, to anything. So if people have questions, if people looking for a partnership, if people have interesting product that might be uh, a good fit to our product. If people do know interesting locations that are not already on our list, we want to check that. So we're open to any discussion, any question, any, any hint for us, because we are also learning, uh, we are also growing. We don't know what, what, the, what the, our travel or our path is going to, to be. So 2017 is, is not really fixed yet. So we are open to any top suggestions, to any good conversations with users and with potential clients, with partners, with anybody. Mm, excellent. And we'll make sure to put these resources into the podcast description so it's easy to link from as well. Sven, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today. And also, I want to thank our listeners for their support of Globig Podcasts. Please tune in next time too and visit our website at globig.co for all of your free international business expansion resources, knowledge, and connections. 